0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Today on Lulz, we are going to debrief the wild interview last week with JMAC. We've gotten lots of comments and, uh, and feedback on that show, so we'll hit on that. And also, as you've noticed on the thumbnail, the Sim Wars are hitting uh it's stride here within the dfs site street so we'll break down the ongoing arms race for the best sims in dfs I, does he think i it's think he thinks go. this he thinks this is a go vegas dave thinks this is
2: a go hot naked girls doing yoga what why don't you just win like a man random.org type <laughs> in one for yes two for no let the dfs cats pick for you
1: and i'm absolutely begging you not to do bus. <laughs> please. please don't do us Brian, 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 you've had a busy day on Twitter. I saw something about a DFS journalist never revealing their sources. What was that in reference to?
2: That's right. Are are you doubling up, Pete, on your echo?
1: Am I? You getting echo from me?
2: You know what it was, Pete? I left the YouTube open. Again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Two of me, man. Sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. No, what what was your tweet referencing?
2: Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, it wasn't referring. Oh, it was um, uh, No House Advantage. No one ever responded to me. I sent a tweet out. I don't know four days ago, uh, asking if anyone knows what's going on with No House Advantage. I don't know if you pay attention to this at all, Pete. But yeah, they're like a prop site, kind of the one of those new pickem sites, yeah. and their account is. I haven't checked today, but their account was, uh, set to private on Twitter and people are complaining they haven't been paid out in like two weeks at this point. And, um, I don't know. I was just wondering if anyone knew anything.
1: Had you, had you ever played on there? No. Okay. Yeah. I, I hadn't, I mean, I had heard about them going, uh, belly up, but I actually, I don't know if I've known anyone who's, who's played on there. Anyone in the chat? get action down on, a no house advantage. Was there any news stories about it?
2: Nothing that I've seen. No one linked yeah. me to a story. No one messaged me at all. So
1: yeah, their, their site appears to still be up here. Um, if you oh, Google, if you Google news, uh, Google news, no house advantage, you get a December, 2022, uh, promo code from roto grinders, no house advantage, promo code, hundred dollars sign up fantasy lads odd shopper stochastic, um, seems pretty out of date here. Hmm. Um, but did you have any other macro thoughts about a site like that, uh, going under?
2: I mean, it's just bound to happen Yeah. at some point. And, uh, I'm fine. I mean, obviously I'm not fine with people who are gonna lose money, but, um, like you gotta kind of expect that to happen. It's happened to me with, uh, what was the old one fantasy aces i yeah I, I didn't have a ton of money on there but multiple thousands i think on on that site and that went under just in the dfs poker obviously back in the day sites would go under all the time yeah the, the
1: uh, I, I just uh i was just listening to uh jeremy levine underdog ceo he was on adam's uh podcast over at etr and you know was saying they were talking about even a company like Penn you know, who theoretically had all of this momentum with the barstool backing to compete with some of the big dogs in the sports book. And even they are struggling to hit their numbers. And it was more just as an example of how hard it is for sports books to replicate the existing sports book model and have success. Um, if you're not innovating, if you're not doing something new, it's like really hard to compete with the big boys.
2: Yeah, I bet. I bet it's pain. People just think these businesses are just operate themselves and they're take taking all these profits, you know, like nothing, there's tons of effort.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, what do you, what do you think too, about like the responsibility that sites have to, to vet these sites that they're promoting? Because it's a common thing. All these content sites make money, even myself included with underdog when you convert users you know and affiliate and there's you know is there a a level of responsibility of of, hey if i'm getting people on the site that there's not risk that they're going to to flop and and run away with your money
2: yeah i mean that's a tough one because i kind of like my first thought is no like like how what are you supposed to like get the 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 QuickBooks information for every company Mm -hmm. that wants to advertise with you. And, um, you know, I I think like CNN or big companies are held to a different standard. Um, but really what happens if it does go under is basically, those are the people who got the money, (laughs) the affiliates. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. It's not really your fault, I don't think. Cause even even if you did, like this would never happen. But even if you did, like, oh, let me see some of your financials, they just lie to you if they're right. scammers.
1: It it pretty much just comes down to like, do are you willing to put your reputational risk on the line? Right. Because at some point people are gonna be like, hey, you burned me once, like leading me to yeah. think I'm going to lose confidence in your ability to provide me with platforms or offers that are actually good.
2: I mean, and even people who criticize other people, like Doug Polk, didn't he like criticize a bunch of people? And eventually, one of his like crypto, um, yeah, just like went under.
1: Yeah, it's exactly but, what Andrew. Uh, and what was interesting about that for me is just, you know, Doug has done very well, has lots of revenue streams. I don't think he needed to take that deal purely for cash, although I'm sure he got paid handsomely for it. But The reputational risk there, he is going to have to reckon with that for a long time because you can even go in his mentions on a random tweet and people are referencing the CoinFlex stuff. So it is an interesting thing of like, um, you know, weighing the, the risk reward of some of those partnerships. The other thing as like a user, right? And we all went through this through the crypto and NFT bull runs of like not leaving your money on sites because you didn't know what was going to happen. And it's probably a good rule of thumb, too, because one thing that successful sports bettors do, right? They have money on all these accounts. You got to be able to take advantage of opportunities, arbitrage, line shop, all of that. But when you start to add in some downside risk of not being able to get your funds back, it is something to consider.
2: Yeah, I was thinking that too. It's just kind of part of uh, your edge too. Like um, yeah, if you have like 5% edge, well, there's also a chance that some of these smaller sites are going to go under. So really your edge is less than that. Like, who knows how much further less. But as long as they have the, like, PayPal framework or some sort of banking option, you could kind of take your money off and on every day. Mm -hmm. It's when the banking is really hard to do and you kind of got to leave it on there, leave a bankroll on there. Like back in the poker days, that would kind of happen sometimes. Yeah. um, That you can get burned. So, but I, I, guess what I heard too was they were doing some things like they had a lot of hard, I don't know if any of this is true. Like I said, no one responded to me, but it, they had a lot of hard um, bonus uh, playthroughs. So mm-hmm. like if you deposit money, it's harder to get it off. And then, and then now that it's harder to get you can't do that strategy of, you know, if I'm going to bet $200 today, I'll just put 200 on, bet it. If I win, take it off and put what I want tomorrow. Right. So that's kind of a, a double, a double edged sword there where you can't take your money off and then they go under that. That sucks.
1: And I guess, I mean, based on you, I feel like your Twitter demographic, you know, if, if no one from your Twitter demographic had literally any thoughts, I, because I feel like if you would have put a comment up about, I don't know, UFC strike, like the dapper NFT thing, like a few people would have been like, Oh yeah, I had some money on there. Like, can't get up. Like you would have got the fact that no one in your audience or our collective circle, um, was impacted by that probably speaks to why they went belly up.
2: Yeah, true, true. I wonder with no house advantage. I wonder what that meant too. Like maybe their their rake was really low. Oh, I think they were. I think they had a lot of overlay as a promotional tool. And maybe okay. that just yeah. maybe they just didn't do the math right, and then giving away all that money.
1: That's what Parker there says here. Yeah, fifty percent overlay every slate, and they weren't growing, and was wondering how they lasted so long which is definitely like i mean what yahoo even with their dfs product was doing that a ton all those rake free contests a lot of overlay rake free contests because they were just trying to acquire users
2: yeah they're really they're really conservative though and like like for the open today um they had like 20 max was their big one which is really small for a major so like they're they're pretty conservative on pricing their tournaments um, and they actually have users. They have plenty of users on Yahoo. So, and and Yahoo is on like a zero percent chance of going under because they're a huge company. Yeah. that would clearly much rather just pay out uh, this small amount of DFS money rather than get sued if for their parent company. You know, so Yahoo, you're totally, totally safe. But yeah, the, they 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 weren't. I don't think they uh, were doing as much as no house advantage, especially when you compare like all the other aspects of the company.
1: Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about fallout from the JMAC interview. Not quite as much interest as the Run Pure Sports, uh, Ship It Nation beef, although still a ton of interest. I feel like I even got more DMs, personal DMs about this show mm-hmm. than I did other ones like, holy cow, that interview was wild, all of that stuff. What What is some of the feedback you've gotten uh, since we did the show last week with J Mac and him having that battle with his developers and launching a new site.
2: Yeah. Less interest for me than our other drama shows, but um, there's still no, the one thing that sticks out for me too, is there's still, he has a lot of, he has a dedicated group of haters as -hmm. you can clearly see if you've been following this at all, but no, not one person has provided any concrete, evidence of their claims Mm -hmm. that we all brought up on the show and so um like the i I don't know some people were harping on like no he owes people money or something like that they just don't want to say it so like you know maybe that could be true there's no way for us to prove anything he says he's definitely um he's definitely a talker so like he could, you know, he you you could tell he can talk his way out of a situation. Yeah. Um, well, well I how don't about, know. How
1: about here's a question. Do you think if he if he could watch the interview in the future and then decide if he wants to come on and do the interview that happened, do you think he still would do it? Like, do you think he's happy he came on?
2: A good point. I think he would. Mm. I think he seems like like an any any press is good press type of dude
1: yeah i was trying to think through that because i think obviously uh as much as i'd like to imagine that hoop and jmac like the show want to chop it up with us i think there's uh, o- an obvious element of marketing their new sites we have an audience that plays dfs that is hyper engaged but i also then wonder i'm like how much of our audience is actually looking around for a new DFS site watches those interviews and says, Hey, I want to go sign up at ship and nation. I want to go sign up at a really good picks or whatever. That's, that's where like the marketing angle for them kind of falls through for me.
2: Where else are you going to go? But like, like, yeah, I I also think like there's uh, the kind of typical corporate conversion rate and stuff like that doesn't necessarily apply. Like just the fact that, 15 to 20,000 people saw Hoop's story.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like those people like otherwise wouldn't have known that he has a new site even. True. And they could be like, oh, I'm going to cancel my run peer and go to Hoop now. Like, <laughs> you
1: basically use it as a press release, lulls as a press release than an actual like marketing <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah.
2: Like we talk about with like bits, you know, like when people complain that you do your bits too much or something, it's like, it's like homeboy, not everyone sees his bits. Like he's got, like, you got to like, get it out there as much as you can because what percentage of your audience actually sees things you you type or say or text or whatever and so like just the fact that they can get on a show yeah um and get that many views or listens i think i think that i think that helps just the awareness of it i think but i bet i bet they i bet they got a decent amount of of subs from from our show um jmac um, I don't maybe, maybe I just feel like Hoop came off a lot of people. Uh, like I think actually, actually changed their mind who didn't like him and then started to like him.
1: I think he came across and, incre- like, if you looked yeah. at like polling favorability rankings, I think Hoop yeah. stock went up. Whereas the feedback I got, people found J Mac to, I think his percept, the way people perceive him, I think went down a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that that's right. It's hard to differentiate between his dedicated group of haters though, because Mm -hmm, they're pretty vocal. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say. Um,
1: I think partly too. And if you think about the differences, like a lot of hoop stuff was like, And again, I'm sure there's stuff he left out, whether for legal purposes or he didn't want to share. But the tenor of that interview was like a chronological telling of a story. Mm
2: -hmm. And he
1: was kind of like hitting his marks. Then this happened, then this. J-Mac, that interview was less about like, tell us the exact blows, because then the whole second half of the interview were about these other things, questions that the community has had about him. And I felt like there was less, I don't know, um consistency or conviction in how he delivered those answers where it felt somewhat like a politician, someone filibustering a little bit, trying to explain a caveat that then needed further explanation. It just wasn't as believable as Hoop's narrative.
2: Yeah. And Hoop also couldn't like said multiple times. I can't talk about certain things where J Mac could talk about whatever he wanted and it still didn't. It still didn't make a lot of sense. In some sense, like the two big ones were, the obviously the agree, disagreement with the, um, what's his name, the IT guy or whatever. And then the other one was, his banning and, or, whatever you want to call it, from DraftKings and then using someone else's account. So like the first one with the the tech guy, it still doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Like like if 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 you put yourself in the shoes of a scammer guy like who's just trying to make a buck off of some young kid like why would he rock the boat so hard like why yeah. wouldn't he try to let that deal go through and then get his 50% or something why would he push why would he right at the end then go no I'm going to try to charge even more money it didn't really make a whole ton of sense to me um like this guy this guy was just doing like barely anything or nothing in making his cut or his charging the, f- the fee for his company is uh, like, I don't know. It just seems like such a, uh, what's, what's the word? Not, not like diabolical, like, like just like a dumb cr- criminal. Like you're like, right. you're, you're trying to get caught. You know, you're just, you're overdoing it so much. You're just gonna, you're, you're going to ruin the golden goose. So, like, I didn't fully understand it. And then the fact that he's, like, so certain the guy won't respond or talk or DM or come on a show or anything is weird. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you so absolutely certain? Yeah. A little suspicious.
1: Yeah. Well, that, I would say, that whole dynamic is kind of similar to the hoop stuff, right? Where it's, like, there's still parts of this story that, like, don't add up, you know? Um, And it did it was very funny at the end that, uh, that J Mac wouldn't weigh in on the run pure sports and ship It nation thing oh, there. Man. Uh, I saw some, uh, conspiracies, uh, popping up on Twitter and stuff, uh, that now I don't feel comfortable commenting on, but that was a very interesting, uh, response to. Yeah. One yeah.
2: He should have just commented on it. That was dumb, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that was funny. Um, uh, the, like the idea of, so I see someone in the chat, um, saying that um, he believes the IT store or whatever. Like I understand, like, I, like, I believe that there's like, you could say there's a bad person who's screwing someone over. Like that's believable. I get it. I just like the way he described the circumstances didn't make, uh, let me, let me, it makes sense. Like it's, it's a clear um, story he's telling. Like I understand it. It's just like, I feel like this guy is like, 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 like such like villainously dumb, like that he would push it to these extremes when he was just had this golden goose. And the worst thing that can happen is he's going to get 50 or 40 percent or whatever, 15 percent whatever his cut was of the new company uh, or the buyout. Yeah. And then maybe maybe even like you charge some more money in the transition. Mm-hmm. Some Who knows? Like why? Why push it? that far and like try to force him to do things and stuff like that. It's just, I don't know. It seems strange.
1: Well, and another thing, like just gauging like the feedback, like if you read the comments and stuff, like almost everyone's reactions had to do more with his stuff about DraftKings and whether he's able to play and like how him getting banned or whatever, self-excluded, how that all unfolded and kind of some of his other stuff, like over the years with his kind of marketing style, like it seems like most people are responding to that. There wasn't a lot of people who were like really interested in like, you know, going combing through his story with the tech developers everyone like no one was pushing back on that i guess I right say. which
2: yeah. makes which makes it a good story right right like what yeah no i got the tech guy was screwing me like, right okay well i guess that makes sense to start your new site then mm-hmm. um so it's it's a believable story too um yeah but like what, what i mean what are we gonna do i mean I, I, that probably probably something like that happened Too like he could just exaggerated, you know. Maybe he had some tech guy who's who's used to charging two hundred dollars an hour, five hundred dollars an hour, and just not doing much but still charging like 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 lawyers I've dealt with in the past. (laughs) These people fucking rip you off, you know. So it's completely it's completely uh, a believable story, I I suppose. But yeah, people weren't weren't that interested in the the self exclusion thing. definitely weird one for me so like travis is in in the chat here and Mm -hmm. for uh people who don't know travis is a professional dfs player as am i and uh we 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 talk with our reps a decent amount not a ton i rarely talk to them like i one word answers usually you know (laughs) like uh so but but i can understand why you talk you're not having
1: three hour conversations on the phone with your rep that's i thought that's brian i do <laughs>
2: i was trying i'm trying to do like a charitable interpretation like it makes <laughs> three hours, like actually on the phone yeah like a landline um the uh the it makes sense like if you like going to games and stuff to be friendly with them yeah i don't care about games right they offer right. me all the time and i'm like nah thank you um uh, I have taken it a few times, but like, so I imagine there's reason t- to talk to them a lot more than I do. So I'll grant that. And then mm-hmm. Travis said last week that he believes the part where you overshare on something like mental health or something. And, and I can't remember what he said, but he could, uh, it, like he, he could believe that part. So I think, uh, I've talked with somebody else. I won't say who to, who's on like one of the player committees and, mm-hmm. um, And he, he doesn't believe it at all. Like he, he talked with some of the people after our show and says, is this even believable? This is from a third source. So, and he's like, no, that wouldn't happen. Like they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't escalate it to the team that would do that. Um, and and
1: that's No, I was just going to say thinking of like what could have happened in like a soft spin on it that he gave, like, For whatever reason, if he did personally decide to self exclude, whether his own decision, whether a decision he made with his family or whatever, it's a little easier to say, I accidentally got self excluded by something I said. It wasn't me. Like, I wanted to keep playing versus like taking ownership of then having to answer the question, why did you self exclude? And so that's kind of a careful way of being like, hey, that can't get fact checked. Like, I doubt the DK rep is going to come out and come say, No, we we actually self-excluded him. Like he can probably tell that story how he wants without fear of like the actual way it went down surfacing.
2: If you let's say, let's say he did self-exclude. So this is a reason to believe him kind of is like let's say he did self-exclude. Couldn't he just come on this show or another show and go like, I was running bad and I was just pissed and I never wanted to play DFS again. So I hit that button. I didn't know that you can't get back from it.
1: That ruins the narrative though of I'm a winning DFS player and you should pay me for my picks.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: I agree with you. Like that makes sense. But like if you are struggling to add new subs and then starting a new company where you need to add new subs, like that's a hard, hard billboard to put out there.
2: Right. And, and here's another thing too, if you're on your new site, If your account is incognito or you're staking somebody and directing them how to play or whatever the fuck he's doing, there's no proof of that anywhere.
1: And that's why I think that, however, whatever the truth is there, I think that's where the interview got away from him because kind of some of that started to compound because then it does match up with my thing. Hey, I need to show that I'm a winning player, that I'm still active that I'm putting skin in the game on the picks I'm playing. So I have to now say like, no, I am playing, but then how are you still playing? Then it brings up the terms of service questions, which people had, is that even allowed? And we kind of vaguely got into if that was technically legal or not, but it does. You could kind of see the spiral of just not wanting to admit. I personally self-excluded how that then led to having to describe other weird parts of that.
2: Yeah, definitely. That could be part of it. Um, the the uh, uh another a bunch of comments I got too where they wanted uh, the the projections discussion to go on much longer, but we ran out of time at the end. Yeah. Um that feedback came in. Um yeah, we probably could have went another 20 minutes or so. But with the um the gam back to the gambling, the self-exclusion thing, um it's even kind of like from the way, like you're, you're a winning player. That's why people sub to your site type of thing. It's kind Mm -hmm. of weird to even get in that spot. Right. Because it's like, well, why are you complaining about, um, uh, like your mental state if you're, you know, a stud DFS player at all? Why are you even in that spot at all?
1: Right. And I think that's why it's like a tough, because like, multiple things can be true, right? Like you can be playing at those levels. You could one, you could be bad and you could be getting outplayed by the top people. You could be just running really bad. I mean, you, you could talk about the swings too, right? Like you could be really good and have what a million dollar downswing. If you're playing like nosebleed DFS stakes across all these sports, like all the time. So like, there's a lot of things that could lead to the point where you need to self-exclude or you go busto and have to stop playing. But that's a really, really tough pill to swallow for anyone, much less someone that's trying to sell people on giving them money for DFS tips. I thought another really interesting part of that was him saying, and I actually believe this, that his content was starting to skew more toward like the super small field, high stake stuff, which the majority of his audience isn't playing because that's like a really interesting dynamic, right? Like most of them want like millimaker maker level picks. And as you know, like the strategy for the Thunderdome is wildly different.
2: Yeah. I still think that does not make a ton of sense. Like, because for just getting subs, like if you're beating the Thunderdome, like people will sub to your site, even if they're only playing $10. True. GPPs. Cause they're like, Oh God, this is the big, this is the Tom Dwan. This is right. the nosebleed guy. Well, and those nosebleeds are
1: the perfect thing for screenshot marketing, right? They're small yeah. fields, which means you're going to win more and right. they're big dollar amounts. Yes. And so it checks all the marketing boxes, high dollar amounts, yep. the biggest names you win more frequently. If you were just posting screenshots from your Millie Baker play, like you'd probably lose subs. Holy cow. This guy has a, a negative, whatever ROI in the Millie Baker these first 10 weeks of the NFL season. What am I yeah. doing?
2: Right. That, that's ex- I bet that's exactly why he, he did that. Exactly why it's easier. It's easier to win. It's, it's, it's harder to win long-term though, because the competition is yeah. so high, but it's easier to just randomly win a Thunderdome every ever here. And when there's only five opponents, one thing is that backs his story up is like tax purposes, because if he was losing all this money more than the subscriptions he was pulling in, he could carry over that debt year after year. So getting rid of that corporation and starting a new one, he would lose all that tax harvesting.
1: Hmm. I Um, didn't even think of that.
2: Yeah. So he was probably not significantly in debt in the business, um, well, not in debt, like he wouldn't owe anyone, right? Like the, IR- the IRS would just so. Like, let's say he made uh $200,000 in subs the next year. If he lost 300,000 the year prior, like he wouldn't have to pay any taxes on that and he'd still have 100,000 rollover, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah and- I, I mean, that kind of backs the, the whole the all of it though, like like as Travis, Travis should be writing this guy's press releases, by the way, he's just <laughs> every quarter, but, but like, but like, he's an
1: investor in uh really in, good, picks, <laughs> I really heard. good yeah.
2: Uh, um, Yeah. He's his new uh, web guy. He's running. Yeah. um, uh, But like uh, everything, he, everything he said, like it makes it, it like follows, right? Mm. It's like, Okay, yeah, you're, I can understand your IT guy going. I can understand oversharing, and like Travis said, they—they've been or someone said in the chat, they're cracking down on ever since they were uh, became sports betting legal. Their whole their whole compliance team shifted. I noticed this myself uh, during COVID because um, I took all my money off of DraftKings for the first time ever because of COVID. Like, who knows, right? Like, yeah, and then to put real money back on there. Like I never raised my my minimums because I never, um, and it was like I had to show them my my tax returns and uh, my bank accounts, and, and they barely were still let me raise them. Like like they 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 are not screwing. But like obviously I'm like trying to put twenty grand on multiple multiple times, right? And so like that's not really realistic for most people. But anyways, they didn't do that before. Before they didn't care, or they they, they cared a lot less. Let's say so like. Um, like you okay, like it's it's all like believable, but like, but you can know that as a smart person, which he clearly is, right? He's not he's not like a dummy. Like you can yeah. also plan that ahead. Like what makes sense? What makes sense? But it it does all make sense.
1: And just like a somewhat related note for some people who aren't as familiar with this self exclude stuff, just to give another story. So, uh, my buddies, my college buddies, they got really into underdog pickums. They do not give a shit about best ball, but they love the pickums. They always hit me up, hey, give us a pickum slip or whatever. And my one buddy is just like obsessed. He's playing all the sports. He was tailing DJ Mitchell on Twitter and he just loves it. Like, that's he gets his fix. He fat fingered self-exclude within the app he was like hitting buttons around i think he was trying to deposit more and literally self-excluded for six months and he's just been blasting off on like pickups he was devastated like i even tried to reach out to some people that i knew at underdog support i was like this is my buddy he's he's completely fine he only gave it but they're like we literally can't do anything right the second you press that button so he, he can't play for these these six months and it's just like there's nothing you can do about it and i think it speaks to some of those things you were saying that DraftKings does these protections they take in place because what's a thing that someone who does have a problem who self excludes might say the next day, I
2: was just kidding. I I didn't mean exactly. And like, I, I harp on this all the time. Like they're just your opponents, your opponents are your political opponents are constantly looking for a story. Right. And so like, if you fuck up on your compliance, your self exclude, and then they get a nice sob story to put in the New York times and shit on gambling or shit on underdog or whatever. They're gonna do it, and you're gonna wish you know you were a little strict, especially in the beginning. Now, was people are still getting used to nationwide gambling, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, they're I think they're cracking down a lot harder, and it, uh, they clearly are because why wouldn't they do it under DFS because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have to? So right. not Underdog they weren't even around, but you know what I mean, DraftKings and stuff. So and, and then the, and then the thing I brought up in the very beginning, no one has sent to my knowledge, you or me any evidence on any of the accusations or anything disputing anything he said or anything from his ex-employees, not even like one bitter ex-employee he fired two years ago said sent me a message saying he was a jerk or anything. I will say one thing,
1: Um, and maybe it was how I worded the promo tweet, but like J-Mac never shared the episode. Um, So there was no one from like his audience that wasn't familiar with us. Like his like immediate, like, he got in front of our audience, but we never got in front of his audience by him not sharing that episode, which I do wonder if maybe some other people would have come out of the woodwork. Hey, these are former subs who had stuff that like, didn't even know this interview existed. That was one thing I was thinking about.
2: Huh? I didn't notice that he didn't retweet you, huh? Mm-mm. You did that yeah, after he the show too, right? Yeah. Because I think I had, I don't know if I forgot,
1: or I think I had retweeted your promo link before but that yours hadn't tagged him either and then after the show um but it goes back to kind of like he did you know, respond
2: what, to some of the clients he did respond to some things i think
1: yeah all i'm saying is he didn't put this episode in front of his audience that i think would have actually he he retweeted your promo so before the show there's a lots of questions about what happened with dfi i'm perfectly willing to discuss it all okay so maybe maybe my thought process doesn't line up that like yeah. any one of his followers who are interested in this story they they probably saw this through
2: yeah okay yeah and and still nothing no and and now that there's you know a decent amount of views and listens uh you nothing still nothing even after that Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah um let's Let's talk a little, and again, yeah, if anyone has any other follow-ups, and if for some reason you guys don't know what we're talking about, go back to last week's episode. We interviewed uh, J-Mac. It was about half about him starting his new company, what happened over at DFI, and then also those questions from the community um, that we passed along. Oh, go ahead.
2: And can, I say, can I say, too, Like, we're, we're I think we're fair to everyone involved. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it might have been a little harsher, that, that one, uh, but I don't think, a lot of people said we weren't harsh enough. And, um, but like, you're not going to be able to like, just use our platform to promote your new, uh, thing. (laughs) I I, I think that's,
1: you're never going to appease everyone. Right. Cause like you said, some people said you did a really good job. Thank you for asking those hard questions. Some people said, oh, I would have gone so much harder. I always laugh when I see those because buddy, he's not coming to do your show. Like these people think like, I'll get him on the mic and I'll be like, you fucking scammer. You answer this question. It's like, dude, he's just going to click the X button and log off. So you can pretend you're a tough guy with all these hard-hitting questions you're going to answer, but you're not going to get an interview. And so you do have to balance. You have to create a space where people feel willing to come talk and that you're going to ask questions that are important. You're not just going to let them get away with a puff piece, but you also have to provide an environment where the guest is comfortable. So I always think it's funny when people are like, oh, I would ask the toughest questions. Yeah, buddy, you would have had a two-second interview.
2: Well, yes. And and also too, like, I don't think they, they are as good interviewers as they think. Like, I think no. like they would just like use insults and stuff like that and call them a scammer and a tout. And like, that's not, you're not getting to the bottom of anything here. And they, and they, and they, and they clearly don't have any inside information because they didn't send us any messages. So no.
1: And we did, I would say we, we, I mean, you and I are notoriously lazy with the prep work we did for the show. For both the Hoop interview and the J Mac, we do a decent amount of prep work. I actually, had an outline for questions. We DM'd with multiple people trying to get information from what we thought were reputable sources. We didn't turn up uh, anything that relevant um, beyond what was shared on the show.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm happy with it. I uh, hope he's, uh, I thought, I hope he's happy with it.
1: Yeah. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the Sim Wars stuff. This was something that you brought to my attention. We, of course, uh, were talking about the new stochastic Sims uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and you mentioned that uh, another new Sim product came out that that caught your eye.
2: Yeah, somebody DM me the the like beta launch of Saber Sims has their new um, MLB Sim product launching i think only a few people have access it access to it now i was going to check it out today um but matt's uh uh, zoom broke and um we didn't have a time i was doing stuff he's got like it was right before the show Mm -hmm. so i i've seen screenshots though um and uh yeah the sim wars are on
1: I've been thinking about it a little bit and you, you would understand like the actual like machinery behind the Sims far more than me. How much of it is like the top players like yourself, you guys have these full bodied Sims and then what gets put out as a product first, it's just like the tip of the iceberg. You got like the run the Sims, you know, game level stuff and now it's like, okay, well, how do we beat that? How do we do better? Oh, well, we'll reveal, we'll peel back the onion of what we have a little bit more and then make that a product. We're not going to give you everything. We're not going to project for the field like the way people kind of want the stochastic one to do, but we'll give you this next part of it. Like, do these sims exist like as you have it in its full form? And now it's just getting trickled out piecemeal?
2: Uh, that's that's a good question. I could I couldn't tell you for sure because I don't know everything about Saber Sim or Stochastics team either but people also they think they're really smart after somebody tells them exactly how to do something so like you know before like these full field sims were a thing you know 99.9 percent of people couldn't didn't even have an idea of how to do this what it would look like or anything even close to it and then now that it's out there people like oh yeah you just make a field and then you want some sims on it bro it's not a big deal so like um it, it, it looks a lot easier now after the product's been released. Um, but the Sabre sim product looks um, a lot closer to what I do uh, uh, than I would like. <laughs> so it, it's got some cool options on it. Um, and like you said, it's the next like another layer added to the product and when we did our first sim show our first war show i said uh the thing i fear most is that these sites will get in competition with each other and then just keep putting out better better product and then probably eventually lowering the price to get the customers and that's the direction it looks like it's going to happen
1: to where you like how far off is someone like me being able to go pay 99 a month to have what you've spent years building
2: not not far and it's good, it's good enough. It's good enough. There's just a few things there that I do that I think are better, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, you're saying From the what gap
1: I, is getting scarily close,
2: yeah. It's yeah, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's basically over.
1: <laughs> what I mean, you, you say it with a chuckle, but you also play DFS as your livelihood. You're also smart enough to know that this is inevitable, it's just at the pace that right. happens like how are you going are you going to be monitoring your roi closer and scaling back like how do you plan for this
2: i've been um studying the nfl rosters a lot and dj uh, dallas dj i yeah, get more comments about dj
1: dallas than anything else yeah. on my best ball streams.
2: and i'm gonna do one of those anime girl uh you know twitch things yum, but yum. best ball yeah. mm-hmm. that's my that's my future. Uh, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. No,
1: yeah, the yum yum ice cream girl.
2: Yum yum ice cream.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mingo. <laughs> ar- ar- <laughs> no, but come on, come on. Be serious. Like, is it going to tangibly affect your volume, your play? Or are you just going to go full bore until you notice like a meaningful change in like the level of competition or your ROI?
2: Uh, yeah, probably. Like, the more subs they get, it'll just be uh, pointless to play. Goodness.
1: So like, are you, are you calling, calling this like that? Is is this is the end, this is the beginning of the end of DFS?
2: Um, I don't know because like 20% of the field is probably got their head in the clouds and they're not going to do anything different. Mm. The middle bucket of like people who use projections and optimizers, you know, some of them will move up. And do and do Sims. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I don't know. It's not good. I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, I don't like it. I wish they'd stop. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The it is still like there is an element of DFS still though, right? Where you know what what is uh what is Levitan and Pat Mayo call them the phone shitter bros, where like that's not going away, right? Like the people's desire, this was another thing they were talking about on the underdog interview with Jeremy. It's like, people still want to turn a little bit of money into a lot. Like the Millie Makers are still going to fill. Um, I guess it's maybe, maybe is the impact Travis says, maybe the end for people who are simming early. Is it what it's actually wiping out? Isn't the casual player who's willing to be a losing player in exchange for entertainment, but the person who had hopes of playing full time.
2: Yeah. Well, um, Oh, yeah. If you had hopes of playing full time, even two years ago, that was probably a bad idea. Like, of course, mm-hmm. some, some people ended up making it, but, uh, you know, that's like the 0.1%. Mm-hmm. I mean, the end for people who are simming early, that doesn't make any sense. Like, the, 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 the I mean, it would be the end for Travis, too. The, the, like, the thing with, with Travis is, um, you know, like, cause he makes his own projections, he has his own little game theory tricks and et cetera, et cetera. But that still won't work if like, you know, everyone's putting in like these just GTO style, you know, simmed out projections. Like if there's just n- like barely any edge to be had, like a mm-hmm. lot of the edge is from donkeys, you know, um, like the bottom percent, like just just paying for the rake. And so like, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that for sure it's going to happen, but like it will hurt him, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, it It hurts everyone if there's much better players, much be- much less players who are go from, what, a 75th percentile player to, like, the top 99th percentile right now. Like, they could be making that leap with these tools.
2: Yes. Um, it's, like, how many are going to do it, though? Because it's still, like, an mm. expensive sub subscription. Yeah,
1: and it's still, like, I guess I don't know how, like... Th- so, one thing that you had said ab- about the Stochastic one, too, and I remember listening to Blender... When he talked to De Colts on his and stuff about like there still was that element of forecasting what the field would do. And are you saying that this new Saber Sim one is now more accounting? That's for what that? it looks like. Yeah.
2: Um, and Tra- Travis says here the more I hear Sims, the more the profit goes up. <laughs> and and that that I mean, I hope you're right. Like I hope um that the uh the Sims aren't good. Yeah. You know, not just theirs, just maybe Sims or bullshit in general. Great. That'd be fantastic. I'll figure something else out. Uh, But I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't have your confidence,
1: Travis. I think that the thing to be worried about is what you described earlier, right, Brian? It is the arms race element. It's that these sites continue releasing a better product because they're trying to compete with each other. And so not only is innovation happening, but it's becoming more widely distributed. And that could happen fast with how many people we have in the sim space. Even Levitan on my show said internally at ETR that they're developing some sim stuff for their projections that they're really excited about. Who knows if they would ever release some of that as a product down the road. Like everyone's doing it now, you know, like this could happen very fast as people try to gain Market share, And I think run the Sims did really good job just getting their name out there early as the first, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know the timestamps on Saber Sim and run the Sims, the two that put Sim in their name, but at least they got kind of ahead of what now is the biggest buzzword in, in DFS.
2: I was thinking they should stay out of it. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I kind of like their, the brand of, they're the ones who make the best projections or something like you pay for premium or whatever.
1: Who you're talking about, at- ETR?
2: Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. thought that's who you were just referencing. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then um, I said
1: run the Sims and Saber Sims, so I wasn't sure who you were talking okay, about. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. And and yeah. so I think, like, I kind of, I for, for like y- making their projections available for other people's Sims makes a lot of sense, I think. But mm-hmm. if they wanted to do a Sim 2, that'd be interesting to see what they come up with. And then, yeah, run the Sims. I guarantee Justin would have already had this if he had more funding. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm speaking out of school I'm assuming that mm-hmm. if he had more funding he is uh he probably would have because like I mean I mean same same with me and my uh my app is like a lot of it is like well how much do I want to spend uh, to improve to add cool things to this it costs money you know like is it worth it yeah yeah do you still think like
1: so again because this is me showing my not fully understanding like how the sims work but like your sim is still naturally going to be different, even like some of your inputs and your your special sauce. Like there still has to be a pretty big edge of like you have your own sim and then let's say hundreds of people are using the exact saber sim sim. Like that still has to be an advantage for you because they're all dealing with the same input. You talk about garbage in, garbage yeah. out. Even if it's good in, good out, all people being on the exact same thing We know that's not optimal. This
2: is how the Brito brothers never dupe each other. There's so many combos that you could be running the same sim and you won't dupe each other Hmm. in these big sports like NFL, MLB. So um, I wouldn't be super worried about it. MLB, I mean not MLB, excuse me. MMA is tough because you can't service enough customers without getting really creative and how you're going to give them their 150? So that would be that I wouldn't even do it. Honestly, I would just do it just like Justin's showdown product. I'd make it like almost exactly like that with a few tweaks.
1: Yeah. It does go Um, back to, Oh, go ahead.
2: I was going to say my, my, my latest sim, I press a button and it cracks the best NBA players, emails and sends a message from their email. To DraftKings, saying they have mental health issues and they don't want to play anymore. What do you think about that sim, Travis? Would that work? Would that stop you? <laughs> it can, that that honestly is the best thing.
1: You create a sim that gets yeah. uh, petty, you like that uh, sim excluded. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It's definitely very interesting, and I wonder too, like how I, I definitely would like to to poke around with it when it comes out. So Tastic says. They're planning on releasing it before football season for all sports. Pro plan is currently one hundred and thirty. They said there'll be a price increase because that does go into the part of how, just how easy is it to use this? Let's take someone like me who's willing to, you know, cover football closely, know the ins and outs and all of that. And then I sit down and I'm, you know, hand building my stuff. Like how much, how easy is it for me to use this? Does this require a full scale process all of this time? Or is this like, all of a sudden this is going to synthesize your process from, Eight hours down to you know thirty minutes on a Sunday, like that's what I'm curious about.
2: So uh, I I do like how people are talking about it, and Matt is in the chat like, <laughs> who owns SaberSim. So um, you know we could just ask him. Yeah, he's just said happy to walk 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 you through it. But I did see uh, I did see some some uh, screenshots, and somebody was telling me about it who used it, and um, you could do you could do baseball in like five minutes, I think. Yeah, you do your full. Yeah. So um, which is a, like, or maybe it was 10 or something. Mine's like five to 10 minutes. It depends. So um, very quick. Mm-hmm. Very quick. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Matt, um, h- how about this? I'll make you an offer. Um, you seem like a family man. You got the baby and the yarn there. I think what would help us. To justify bringing you on the show is if you could get in like an embroiled battle with some of your developers saber sim splits off there's now one site called saber another called sim um all kinds of drama <laughs> maybe one of you's hooking up with one of each other's spouses if you could do that i think we could bring you on the show and put on a really entertaining interview
2: that'd be fantastic yeah <laughs> Just challenge someone to a fight uh, yeah you know there's lots of options here
1: the D- Colts first Matt Hunter, uh, like pay-per-view arm wrestling <laughs> match. <laughs> <sighs>
2: <sighs> um,
1: what, uh, I'm also, uh, yeah. What, what, what sports are you playing right now? Brian, are you do are you just MLB and MMA? Oh
2: shit. Yeah. MLB. I got to change my Seattle lineup. I forgot about that. I think Uh-oh. I got time. Um, yeah. MLB, ML, PGA and MMA right now.
1: Yeah. How, and, and how are you doing? It was a couple of shows ago, so I want to mention you taking down a an MLB night. Are you still? Are you yeah, having I a good took, season? Yeah,
2: I took one down, uh, but I haven't won since then. PGA. Uh, don't get me started on PGA.
1: I want to get you started. What's up?
2: It's just like the most variance of any of the, the sports. It's insane because, like, I don't know. I mean, I've been in. I've been in like top ten going into Sunday, like six out of last eight weekends, and like I'll finish. 380th or something like it's just not even yeah. fucking close like you, you, you might as well not even look at pga until s- sunday and if 30 minutes before the last ball goes in the hole. like it's i i'm i just, I'm just thinking so, about like uh big t's win and um RBX is and they're just like leading the whole time. Sunday's no sweat. You know, <laughs> you have an
1: orgy Saturday night. Cause you already have it in the bag. <laughs> well, do you, well, what you're saying is, and I've always gotten pushback because you'll see, you know, people be like, Oh, the cut sweat and PGA DFS is like so pure. It's one of the funnest sweats. Like what you described has always been my experience playing PGA and I, I suck at it, but like the sweat element of being like, Oh, I have this good team. And then like you blink and it just is completely not relevant. Like yeah. you can't get your hopes up. Like I don't call that a good sweat. Like a good sweat is if like I have a chance and then you get to root for that. It's not if it's like ping ponging all over the place and you don't know what the fuck is going on.
2: That's fair. But when you're playing 150 it's a little different because I'm if sweating. I had 150
1: I'd have a sweat too is what
2: you're saying. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and it's yeah. it, like I it, mean it's true though because like I'm trying to make guys that make I'm trying to get guys um or hope that guys make the cut. So, yeah. like, I, I mean, yeah, like, uh, I'm not, I know there's some lineups that are doing well, but, like, it doesn't matter yet, really. It's just, it's good that they're doing well. I just know I need Tommy Fleetwood to make the cut or whoever, you know. And so, yeah. like, you're sweating the, like, specific players around For the Friday. portfolio. And then after that, your weekend, now you have so many lineups. They were 6-6. Six to six, And you're, like, generally, okay, I know in the, the remaining 6-6s, six six I need uh, Jordan Spieth to go off. So then, now you're kind of like rooting for certain players. And then on Sunday, you got a couple lineups. And usually you're not in the top 10. So you want chaos to happen. <laughs> right. So would you say
1: would you say you have less of an edge in PGA relative to other sports? Or would you say you have the same edge? But because the sport is so variant, it's just going to take you years and years and years to realize it relative to other sports.
2: Um you pr- probably. I I'm uh Yeah, I mean, I'm really more talking about the short-term variance of just being in first on on Saturday doesn't mean shit, or it means very, like, you'll look at, you'll look at, like, Nelson produces, uh, like, these, you know, live STEM stem estimates of how much your your lineup's worth, and, like, you know, a couple weeks ago, like, my lineup was worth, like, 15 grand or something, it's like, no, it's not, (laughs) like, he's probably right, I'm not saying he's wrong, but like in golf, like that just, you just, that just rarely fucking happens. Like you could easily finish in like six hundredth. when you you're going in.
1: Do you think there's an element? Cause like, I know you, you like golf. Like it's probably one of those sports that you do. You like to play. You seem to like to watch it a little bit. Like if the price pools and everything were the exact same, but it was some sport you didn't give a shit about. Let's just say it was like tennis or yeah admit or whatever like do you do is there an element of you just genuinely like golf so you continue to put yourself through this masochistic exercise
2: that might be part of it and i just denying that reality <laughs> pete you might have you might have just sat me down today yeah you might yeah. have just sat me down at the therapy uh, office but um uh i i imagine if if uh tennis was playing Millie first i'd be playing the shit out of tennis
1: oh you're right okay Definitely. So it, because it still is the the biggest prize pool is going for for non it's
2: huge PGA DFS yeah. is huge, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean that that's your edge in PGA is it's huge, and there's and there's dumb people in the world. Congratulations. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it sounds like you're more saying the latter thing where it's like you still have your edge, but it just takes you so long to realize it because of the the variance.
2: Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, according to post luck Sims there's edge to be had. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I've I've, been, I've done fine in PGA over my career, but um yeah it's been pretty brutal recently. But like I mean I'm 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 getting there. I'm just it's just they're just not I'm just frustrated with, with PGA. I think you Brad I think you need to start because you are a
1: very you're you you don't let Anyone in on your sweats? Because it's just like another day at the office. The only time I learn about your wins are when people mention it in the Discord or on Twitter. I think you need to start like reverse mushing yourself. You know, I think you need to start posting a team. You know, getting the community behind you. I, I think you need. I think you need to embrace it.
2: Yeah, I, the ones that frustrate me the most is when people say, "I'm proud of this team." Like you. You're <laughs> <I, it. laughs> You're proud of this team. That's what you... Are. I've probably said that after a basketball
1: game. Oh, no. you did not. I, I don't think I have, but I'm sure I've said some sentiment along that. I'm really that proud of what, what the, I did in this draft. You're I'm proud, proud
2: of your team. Oh, my God. So maybe I'll do yeah. that, ironically. He, he said while wearing a Tom Brady uh, Tampa Bay Bucks jersey. <laughs> right. I'm
1: proud of this team. I'm really
2: proud of this one. uh
1: that's hey can't can't us hand builders be proud of a really sharply constructed no. team we made Brian?
2: try of whatever you want i guess but oh my god yeah yeah there's a few things i'm proud of in my life uh,
1: i'm proud of my marriage proud of my my beautiful daughter april and i'm yeah, proud deb- of the single entry bullet i had in the spy
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was, if you won that spy finally you probably would be proud of your fucking team too oh
1: brian if i win the spy uh, i mean i'm coming on camera and i'm just i'm I'm just dropping my pants, put my nutsack on the desk in just 60 minutes <laughs> is,
2: and just, just a close up of my balls. Hours straight of close up. Here. <laughs> well, it on is like phone?
1: getting back to like I've mentioned this in a few spots, and like people have been asking me about my like DFS programming for this season, you know, just because I have gone so all in on best ball drafting, and like there is an element of like DFS content now that it's still fun. It's a really fun puzzle to put together, but man, like my Monday morning shows were just like depressing. Like I started to dread them. And like, when I do a basketball stream, I'm proud of those streams, Brian. No, I get excited to do those shows. Like it's fun. And I'm like, why am I, why am I just like doing this exercise on Mondays where I'm like, yeah, I made this decent team, had a good low owned guy here. Didn't come together. Didn't min cash another day. Let's update the spreadsheet, still taking a bath. And I'm like, you know, I, maybe I am going to make a slight shift this year review other things, maybe do more drafting style games where I'm just like, not as miserable on Monday mornings from a content perspective.
2: I, I feel it, And if you don't want to do it, don't do it. I think NFL though. And NFL is like the biggest edge, even though I can't fucking beat it for some reason, but NFL is because there's just so many people playing it. They're so yeah. huge. And the reason you lose all the time or whatever, like it's so hard to win because they're so big comparatively to all the other sports, like the Mac yeah. thing we talked about earlier. If you want to become a huge, you know, get 30,000 followers as a tout, play a six max. Don't play yeah. 150,000 max entry because you're never going yeah. to win it. You know, so like I mean, but that applies like people enter the five dollar. With seventy thousand entries, and expect to you know win every once in a while. And it's like yeah, know, if you were average and you enter once, you're gonna win like once every seventy thousand years. <laughs> you know, right? Exactly. It's, it's extremely hard, and even the spy is two or three times or bigger, way bigger than all the other sports. You know, even the PGA one, it's like two, three, four times bigger.
1: Yeah, I guess like you know, when we have the talk like this here, you know, people in the chat, you know, getting our funeral here for, for DFS, I am, I am actually curious, is that going to carry over? So like a ton of my audience, I think plays similar contests to me, you know, they play the red zone, they play the spy, the power sweep, the single entry three max contest. I am curious, like, is everyone heading into this year with the same level of enthusiasm, all my hand builders out there, let's call them the content hounds, you know, the guys who are putting in the work, but don't necessarily have the full sim level process like is everyone leave leave this in the comments because i'm legitimately curious i'm not just engagement farming like i want to know does everyone have that same enthusiasm for the dfs season this year with your eyes wide open that it is an entertainment product that the tools are getting so good the edges are diminishing it's really hard to beat the rake we're going to lose a ton of weeks are we still signing up for that Deposit Kingdom Nation, I am. I'm genuinely asking because that feedback will go a long way in knowing and helping me decide what kind of DFS content I do.
2: That's a good question. Yeah, or and also like maybe people uh, disagree with me, which is totally fair, and I don't know everything. So yeah, um, maybe it maybe I'm um, exaggerating the effect this is going to have in the near future, which is entirely possible it might be like too pricey for the market and just some guys get a little bit better, you know, and it doesn't change that much, but like all these markets tend towards efficiency. And so it's like bound to happen either way.
1: Yeah. I think the other thing too, that's one thing. That's a little bit nice. I would say for DFS relative to best ball, because like there's no roadmap. For contests for best ball, like, yeah, you can know best ball mania, 150 entries, $25. You could like do a bankroll on that, but then they put out some of these better, smaller field contests and you're trying to, it's Mm -hmm. like your bankroll for that is kind of like a moving target, at least for DFS. It's kind of like, you know how many weeks there are, you know, which contests are going to be available. And you can plot it out ahead of time in a way that I think is really good for your like mental health and understanding those swings of earmarking that money. So that is like one benefit of like, Hey, maybe you head into this season with a little bit scaled back bankroll and you're like, yeah, I'm still going to play, but like, I'm not going to be shot taking as much if I'm bleeding out early and I have this money set aside and I'm still going to play lower stuff. But I do think maybe that element is a good thing to bring into a much more competitive DFS
2: space. Definitely. Yeah. And like you could win a million dollars in a few hours. You can't really do that in any other gambling, like for 10 bucks, you know? Yeah. So that'll still bring them in. That milkshake will still bring them into the yard.
1: <laughs> Brian's milkshake brings them into the yard here <laughs> on Lowell's. Appreciate you. Classic Lulz episode. We got a, a, a site going belly up. We talking about the JMAC DFS site drama The sim wars, is DFS dying? What content is Pete gonna do this year? I feel like uh, you know, every once in a while we have these quintessential lulls episodes, Brian. I think this one uh hit all the marks.
2: And I just want to say, Pete, that my mental health is fantastic. Um never one problem ever with gambling.
1: You want to shout out your rep here? Shout out my rep, Dan, I think.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I am happy and healthy and uh never any so no matter what. Anyone else says, okay? I have jokes to make, but now I'm like legitimately, <laughs> legitimately worried. Seriously. But I will say I do not have a rep.
1: I, you know, I have angled for a rep over the years. I think I've done a lot of good promotion for DraftKings with all my spy reviews. I've never gotten a penny from them. Never. I've, I've had to pay for my DraftKings sweatshirt. I've truly never gotten a single. They did a listener league. They did a rake free listener league. That's the one thing that DraftKings has done for me. Yeah. But uh. Otherwise I'm completely dead to them, Brian.
2: Yeah. Well, you got to enter. Usually they just like they give you like a, an extra ticket or something. So they don't
1: even give you that. They give yeah. those to Davis because Davis like grinds all the missions and I, I can't be bothered to do that. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, all right guys, uh, audio of this as always will go up. Seriously. Let me know in the comments, like what kind of DFS action you playing? Are you scaling up or down relative to last year? That'll be an interesting straw poll for me to check out anything else on your end, Brian.
2: No. Um, oh, did, did, did the R E R G extension break for everyone? Um, I think it did, and uh, it did for me, anyways. And so we're gonna. I think we're gonna put it for free on our app, Pete, because they Ooh. they might not be bringing it back. Okay, gotcha. All so right, that's I, good to know. I know you use it too, right? I use that yeah. all the time. So like, someone asked how much I have of, of golfer, and uh, like, I can't even check because I usually use that app. Use the-
1: yeah what's so funny is I've had that app for so long that I f- completely forgot it was rotogriders and I thought it was just like a built-in draft right. thing because I got so yeah. used to it yeah yeah so um yeah multiple people confirming it um, didn't get
2: it didn't get banned it didn't okay. get banned. they changed their HTML because our site our app broke too on it okay um yeah so uh, there's that and if there's MMA I'll have my stuff up tomorrow or no for. Saturday, Saturday for Saturday. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Um, I am doing uh randomizer tonight. Uh, some of you guys might know him most crucified from underdog Trill Withers, uh, show goes bisexual Jumanji. Very funny dude. We're doing the show earlier tonight. He had plans, So that will be at 5 PM. So randomizer at 5 PM. And then also Davis and I just recorded a podcast with Patrick Laird earlier this morning it was fun to check in with him before he heads off to bucks training camp and also got his thoughts on all the current running back holdout conversation and uh, how he would handle it in those spots so i'll post that tomorrow the audio will be up on the take cast as well so keep an eye out for that appreciate you guys in the chat as always for brian i'm pete this is lulls we'll see you guys next time <music> Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.